I feel like I'm living in a bizarro world. So Paul Feinbaum, noted Miami hater, is now defending the Miami Hurricanes. Is this real life? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Though, Unbelievable. First take from SEC media days yesterday, and it wasn't the regular talking heads. Paul Feinbaum was on it. He was Mr. SEC. He's had some not so nice things to say about Miami over the years. Um, Dan Orlovsky was on the panel and they were talking with Chris Mad Dog Russo. And boy, does that dude hate the University of Miami, the city of Miami. He hates all of our guts. So they were talking about which uh, teams you know, the SEC should add, even though the SEC says they don't want to expand any further, it's still, you know, I don't know if I believe them. And so they bring up Miami. And Paul Feinbaum actually had our back talking about how Miami's a big brand. That's a school that they should add in the future. Miami moves the needle. And then this mad dog Russo, he starts yammering about how it's a terrible sports town, Miami empty stadium every single game they haven't been relevant since the 1980s their program which is ridiculous hyperbole because you know they've won a championship in 2001 haven't been relevant since the 1980s and then he starts to talk about how Mario Cristobal overrated hasn't done anything hasn't won anything uh and he compared Mario Cristobal to Manny Diaz which it made my head explode like guys I had to just stitch my head back together because my head exploded all over my room when I'm watching this. Uh, but the crazier part of it, because Chris Russo can say what he wants to, right? He's trying to just get ratings. It's what he's been doing for 40 years, this guy. The fact that Paul Feinbaum actually becomes the guy who defends Miami, that goes to show how crazy it was what Russo was saying. And Dan Orlovsky was defending Miami as well. And um, Feinbaum mentioned rightfully, you know, even if, Miami Stadium may not be full every single Saturday. It's the TV money that moves the needle more so than attendance. And yeah, that Mario Cristobal guy that you're talking about that you're trashing. First of all, what has he ever won? Okay, he hasn't won Natties, but two Pac-12 titles in four years. Is, is that nothing? The fact that this guy is Feinbaum said learned under Nick Saban and is one of the most relentless recruiters in the country. Clearly, Mad Dog Russo is not paying attention to the $8 million assistant coaching staff that Miami now has, the $100 million plus upgrades and facilities Miami's going to be putting in from this point forward. So it, it's it's absurd. We know it's absurd. Let me bring on our special guest, Larry Bluestein, a man who has been covering South Florida high school sports and recruiting at a high level for so long. He is one of the absolute best in the business. So, Blue... Obviously, I didn't bring you on here to try to support Chris Russo's points or argue with them because we both know that they're absurd. But yeah. one of the many reasons why I wanted to bring you on today is 
you are always out there. You're covering camps. You're covering high school games. And obviously, high school games haven't been happening since Cristobal came on board. But camps and events have been happening. So sure. you actually see Cristobal and his staff out there. Talk to me about the work that they've been doing in Florida and around Florida on the recruiting scene. Well, before I get into that, let me just address the uh, Mad Dog uh, comment. And the one thing is, is I mean, he's got no room to talk because New York is a cesspool of the United States. So if he's, cut, if he's cutting down the University of Miami and the Miami itself, come on. You tell you tell me where people would much rather vacation. Uh, yeah. Miami and South Or live. East. Every New Yorker yeah, wants live. to live here. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and he, he really knows nothing about college football, so I don't really validate anything that he says. And think about it. I mean, he knows nothing. And well, you just made a great point. He doesn't know anything about what's going on here in Miami, nor does a lot of people. And that's why people are jealous of what's going on. People are taking shots at what's going on. And, you know, Paul Feinbaum, as much as people want to hate him or not, does his homework. Uh, you know, he's in a he's in a very, very tough conference where he can't just spew out anything. So he has to do your fact checking. And, he, and, and you know what? I mean, the very fact that he, he came to Miami's defense, it's just the reality of things because he understands that, first of all, and I said this over and over again, Miami's one of the largest TV markets. They would be the largest team, TV market along with Nashville if they did join the SEC. So yeah, I don't know where he's coming from. And the whole thing, as we discussed last week, you know, I kind of hope the ACC doesn't disband because yeah. in Boston and for, in Charlotte and Atlanta and Miami, you have four of the largest TV TV markets of any college football conference. So that's where I go. Uh, let me segue into what we, what you asked me. Uh, you know, I've told you this many, many times. I've been to so many events. In fact, I got a chance to see well over 300 schools. I had an opportunity to see well over 3000 players since April wow. uh, kind of hit the ground running. So, and then I watch a lot of film as well. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of times on the sideline with the University of Miami coaches. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've said it, Charlie Strong, who I've known for a lot of years, good dude, knows his stuff. Uh, we we sat there and many a times during the spring and debated some of the players. And, you know, we had talked about uh, some of the some of the kids, Coach Gaddis, who I remember back at his playing days at Wake Forest, where he was a defensive back. And, and, and now he's one of the premier offensive minds in the country. Uh, arguably one of the best. And then obviously Mario Cristobal. I have an opportunity to, to, to talk to him quite a bit. And, you know, same guy as uh, when he was 16 years old or 15 and a half years old that I met at Columbus and uh, have known him ever since. And, uh, you know, the one thing about Mario, Mario's not just a dumb jock football player. He's got two That's degrees. Right. He's a very intelligent guy. Uh, he thinks outside the box. And for anybody to say that he's overrated is stupid. It's not even, it's not even up for discussion. What he's done, uh, you know, he built that Oregon program, you know, I mean, it, it was left not in the greatest shape, uh, you know, by Willie Taggart and, and a couple of people before them, they were an average team and he elevated and he went and recruited and that's a strong suit. And I've said that all along and what he's done by getting Frank Ponce and Mirabal and, and, and coach Steele and all these guys that he's brought in, is get great recruiters and guys who are, you know, uh, think just like he does. And I'll share a story that we were, I was sitting at one of the, uh, the, the jamborees or kickoff classics during the spring with Charlie 
uh, strong. And we sat there and one of the coaches from another school, I don't want to name the school, but they came over and we were talking about time put in, you know, on the job. And um, the guy said, well, you know, we get in there at six o'clock in the morning and uh, we're out of there, you know, a little after 12. And Charlie says, you mean 12 midnight? He goes, no, 12 in the afternoon. And Charlie goes, holy (laughs) mackerel. He says, you don't have a job. You have a vacation. (laughs) And uh, see, and that's the thing. Everybody at Miami buys in with getting in there at five o'clock and working their butts off. And even when, you know, during the spring where there's not more to do, you know, from their standpoint, but recruit, that's what they're doing. They're going to different, you know, they're going to California. The, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, you know, one of the coaches that deal with some of the California kids, you're going to the Midwest, you're going to the East, you're going all throughout the state of Florida. So it's a job. And, you know, I'm close to a couple of the, the coaches on staff like Charlie and, and obviously Mirabelle, who, who I've known, you know, quite some time as well. And then, and, and obviously um, uh, coach Ponce, who uh, oh, yeah. I watched play quarterback at Miami high. And I've watched him as an assistant with Mario at FIU and then going to app state and really carving out something for himself, going to Louisville and then coming back to app state as an offensive card coordinator, and then coming down to South Florida, great mind. So that's the one thing I've observed, uh, you know, I mean, you can't compare this staff or the, this regime to anybody else because there's a whole different ball game. These are guys who've been there, done that, have proven at the, at this level that they can win, that they can coach and that they can recruit. Yeah. And it's like an all-star cast of assistant coaches. I mean, all those names you mentioned, even graduate, well, not graduate assistant uh, analysts like Jason Taylor, having a pro oh, football yeah. hall of famer on the staff, Ed Reeves involved. It, it's insane. Roland Smith, Alonzo High Smith, yeah. you know, on and on and on yeah. and on. And everybody wants to be a part of it. And every time that they go out recruiting, uh, you know, I mean, since, since Jason Taylor and, and, and uh, guys like that can't go out because obviously they're, they're in in-house guys, but they use their names when they go yes. out recruiting and they, you know, they find a, a defensive end and they'll say, Hey, why don't you go plug in a YouTube of, of Jason Taylor and see what he's all about and see what he did during his career and see what he did at St. Thomas to take somebody like a Nick Bonito, who was a good player to turn him into an NFL type of player. He got drafted, uh, you know, this, this April, um, it, proven people. And that's the way, you know, Frank Ponce, who's done a tremendous job coordinating. He came within what a field goal to beat in Miami last year with mm-hmm. Appalachian state. So you have guys, Alex, that are proven people. So when they go out recruiting, even though the, they, they use all the resources, Alonzo Highsmith, you said Ed Reed, pop in an Ed Reed tape from the Baltimore Ravens and see that, if that guy big one, dude, That just came up recently. Uh, Nicholas Harbor at the Under Armour event. You know, he's everybody wants him, including Miami, the five star sure. athlete who's going to end up being a defensive end. But he grew up in Maryland, big Baltimore Ravens fan. Ed Reed, one of his favorite players, they got him on the phone with Ed Reed. It was like, it must have been like heaven for that guy. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, this is the type of guy, if you're a defensive end like Miami with Jaden Wayne, I mean, you know, when they were recruiting him, uh, I'm sure that, uh, uh, you know, a certain Hall of Famer got on the phone and goes, hey, we need you down here. I've seen you play. We could refine a few things and you could be on your way to doing a lot of the things that I did. And those kids want to hear that. Believe me, I don't care how elite they are because a lot of them, you know, the days of them uh, being full of themselves and thinking that they're bitter, bigger than the organization are over because they know what's at stake. And I, 
I think that's the theme, uh, you know, this spring and into the summer at Miami is to understand what the future and paint the future. I mean, sure, they've been seven and six and and such in the last couple of years. But I think what the future holds is, is uh, you know, a program that can't help but get better because you have so many moving parts that are have been successful. Guys, you have to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes because Blue, he studies so much film and he studies so many games and camps in person. I've got to ask him about a number of Miami targets. We're going to talk about players like Malik Bryant, Janelle Aguero, Peyton Kirkland. They all announced this weekend. Olaus Allenin, Jaden Bonsu, who did push his announcement back as we talked about yesterday. So I hope you guys weren't surprised to see him say that he's pushing announcement his announcement back. I want to talk about Christopher Johnson, the running back from Dillard. There are a lot of players we need to get to right after we talk about Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. Guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. I love the Puffs. That Puff flavor, it's the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. They're good for you as well, guys. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com right now, as I just did this morning, to make sure you do not miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect one you've got a craving. I've got a sweet tooth. I get those cravings. You need to satisfy your sweet tooth or you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein, guys. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing and get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. Hey, which NFL stars move the betting line the most? This week... Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available uh, this week on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Locked On Canes. Alex Dono alongside Larry Bluestein, South Florida High School Sports Show. Every Monday on 560 WQAM, Blue does a terrific job on that platform. Now, Blue, we've got a number of players announcing their commitments this weekend and over the next several weeks. Um, out of the ones coming up the next few days, there's a few players I feel good about for Miami, but the one that I feel best about in terms of picking Miami, four-star linebacker out of Jones High School in Orlando, Malik Bryant. I've got a good feeling about Miami landing Bryant. He's going to be announcing on Saturday. Do you share my good feelings, first of all? And second of all, this is a player I know you've watched in person. Give Canes fans their fill of what to expect. Yeah, I have that feeling, too. Um, it, you know, Coach Elijah Williams up at Jones, uh, he, he and I talked uh, during the fall and uh, of last year and then during the summer uh, this year when we saw him at the Orla in Orlando at the UCF 7-on-7, seven seven, and we talked about Malik and what type of player he is and what instincts that he has and how physical he is and what he brings to a team. I mean, this is a guy that, to me, is one of the defining recruits because of the fact that it's a position of need. It's really a yeah. position of need. I know Miami needs this and that, and but linebacker is. I mean, we kind of 
you know, since Pinckney and Quarterman, uh, they really haven't had those big, big guys. Now they have a couple of kids coming in uh, with Moss and also a Wesley Besaint that can do some really, really good things in the future. But you got to keep adding to it. And I think Malik is one of those guys that understands that when he gets on campus, he's going to be right in the mix. He's going to be right in the mix. Not going to, I mean, obviously he won't start, but he's going to be in that mix to play and get a lot of snaps. And especially um, if he comes in early, uh, it's going to be a spring that uh, is going to really highlight what he's all about. I'm excited for him. I think he picks Miami because of the fact that Miami fits his scheme. Uh, He's comfortable with it. Uh, same colors that they wore in high school. Green. And I, I've noticed yeah. that on the pictures. I'm like, it's, this guy. He already looks good in orange and green. He'll yeah, right he already in. looks. He already looks the part. So, yep, I like him a lot. Uh, I think he adds a lot to the. He'll add a lot to this program. Good kid. Got a chance to talk to him. But uh, coach, uh, coach Williams, and a lot of the people up up that area, Coach Pruitt, and some of the guys that I deal with that know him and uh, vouch for him one billion percent. You know, there's a couple of safeties that Miami fans are starting to sweat over because we get greedy. We want all we want all the commits. We've gotten so many over the last month, month and a half. We want all the four and five stars to commit. So you've got Jaden Bonsu, who has he's pushed his announcement back, was planning to announce today, Wednesday. He's been trending heavily to Miami, but Canes fans always get concerned when you see somebody who's trending to you for whatever reason they decide to push the announcement back. I've heard Ohio State is making a big push for him. Ohio State's also making a big push for another safety Miami's after, and that's five-star Jonel Aguero from Massachusetts. These are both Northeastern kids, New Jersey and Massachusetts. And Aguero is an interesting one, Blue, because you know I, I talk to a lot of people who cover different teams who are in these recruiting battles. Everybody seems to think he's picking their school. Like you talk to yeah. someone from Georgia, oh, he's coming to Georgia. You talk to uh, to somebody from Ohio State, now he's coming here. You talk to people who cover Miami, I think he's coming to Miami. I talked to somebody who covers Florida, and and he thinks they're getting good vibes for Janelle Aguero, which was kind of out of left field for me. I'm like Florida, they've been missing on everybody, Florida. But uh, so talk to me a little bit about Bonsu and Aguero. Well, let's talk about Bonsu first. Rangy guy who could hit you. Uh, he's got cover skills, which really helps, but he he supports the run extremely well, comes up and will make plays. And if he has to take a tight end or even a running back out of the backfield, you know, on a wheel route that maybe is inside, not to the corner spot, he's fast enough, he's agile enough, and he's athletic enough to match up. He loves to hit. He loves to fly around the ball, can play on both sides of the ball. So he's athletic, and and I like him a lot. And, you know, I mean, here's a guy that, you, you know, I think Miami has a really good chance of getting as well because uh, he fits the scheme as well. Very wide open uh, type of defensive secondary. The ACC has some big, big guys, especially coming out of the backfield and especially mm-hmm. tight ends, and that's where safety coverage becomes paramount. Same thing with Aguero. Same thing with Aguero. Um, another guy that uh, – you know, the reason why maybe that uh, a lot of a lot of the other schools are after him because he's an elite kid. He's as good as you get in this class. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't haven't watched him. I sat there and watched like an hour worth of film on him. Um, he's a gamer. He comes out there. He's a leader. You could see it on the film. You could see the way he plays, the way he, you know, I mean, you can't tell. And this is what I say to people. You can't base your entire evaluation off of film. 
because right. it's the same film that built my neighbor gets to watch. What, what, what is good, though, is when you talk to people or see them live, get a chance to see what type of character there is. And, you know, I remember talking to Jimbo Fisher when he was an assistant way back in the day at LSU. And the one thing he used to ask me, he always used to say, Larry, I could see how the kid plays just from watching his video and stuff. What type of character does he have? Is he one of those guys, uh, you know, when he's not, when he's on, when the offense is on the field, does he rally around the rest of the secondary? And is he one of these guys that kind of like studies, you know, photos of, of, of plays and stuff like that? And they want to know that you can't see that on film. And, and he's one of those guys that I've talked to a couple of coaches that have played with him, you know, for uh, he played for and against, and they all say the same thing. He's a guy you've always got to account for. He's a guy you don't want to put, you know, throw into his zone. You don't want to run plays towards him because he's, if you remember, they always talked about Lawrence Taylor. Don't run away from him, run towards him because then you got blocking and he's got to choose out. If you run away from mm -hmm. him, he's got a chance to come on the backside and do some damage. That's what you see in this guy. Not to, not to say he's Lawrence Taylor, but He's that type of impact at the high school level. Uh, I'll tell you, Alex, he's a he's a real get. And that's why Alabama's banking on him. Obviously, as you said, Georgia, uh, you know, but Miami's won a couple of battles already with Georgia. And Miami's sure already have. won some and battles. And Bama as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, I feel good. But, you know, you're always uncertain because of the fact that, you know, I mean, a lot, at the end of the day, you're going to make up your own decision, but a lot of kids are influenced by people who are saying, well, Miami, where did they come from? Uh, you know, look at Georgia and defending national champs. Look at Alabama, their room. I mean, they, everybody in their secondary gets drafted. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of forces that you can't deal with. And Miami's been able to deal with them so far. So I feel the same, you know, that they have an opportunity. They just they have an opportunity because of the way that they've been recruiting. I think each kid, uh, you know, from Rashada all the way down feels, you know what, we could be a part of something special. And as the list of players and commits grow, they're better and better and better. And you look at it and they yeah. go, whoa, wait a minute. They've got some really big time talent. I think right now they, and I'll tell you the the schools like Minnesota and Iowa do as well as anybody when they recruit tight ends. I mean, as well. I, yes. mean, these, I mean, Iowa a couple of years ago had two tight ends in the first round pick. Yeah, so right. I think Miami's three tight ends that they've have are as good as any in the country. I mean, they're mm -hmm. all very athletic. They're all very good. Uh, you know, a couple of them may even, you know, play on the other side of the ball. So, that's what you're looking for. And I think these kids have to buy in their coaches, their advisors all have to buy into what Miami's doing. And I think that it's transparent. Uh, Mario Cristobal will get you on the phone and he'll talk to you and he'll say, listen, this is what's up. We have two safeties right now. One's a freshman, one's a senior. You got, you got, you got an opportunity to play for uh, compete for playing time. And that's how he's always been. And you look at the good, really good recruiters. And those are guys that don't, don't lie to you. And, you know, cause there's a lot of guys who want you in their fold so bad, they're going to tell you falsehoods. And, you know, when you get on campus yes. and then all of a sudden he goes, well, he promised me that I'd at least get a look and I'm not getting a look. Well, this, this is what this coaching staff is about. 
And as I said, getting a chance to talk to the coaches and, you know, walking around with them. And when they were talking about, heck, yeah, that guy's got a chance or this guy's got a real good chance of really getting in the, you know, the two, three deep. And when they say that, they mean it. They're not just going to talk to, you know, and, and but there's a lot of coaches that will tell you that just so if I'm talking to somebody, they go, hey, you need to look at the coach. You know, you need to look at Miami. Coach told me that you're going to fit in. Here you believe it a little bit more. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of offensive linemen who are announcing in the next few days. Miami is certainly in the mix for both of them. Are they losing ground for one of them? Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today and your first watch. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, later this week, Friday and then Saturday, we're going to see announcements from Olaus Alanen, who I like a lot, plays in Connecticut. He's from Finland. Great family. They spent a lot of time down in Miami. Uh, and on Saturday, Peyton Kirkland, who's very polarizing among Canes fans uh, out of Orlando, he's announcing. Now, with Olaus, we're getting a little concerned, Blue, because he had seemed like a very heavy trend to Miami and from what I understand, Nick Saban is pulling out all the stops because that's a player he really wants. And they have stepped up their recruitment for Allen in recent days. And it's become very split. A few days ago, Allen felt like a Miami slam dunk. Now it's a lot more 50-50. I think Miami's still very much in the mix. Uh, so let's talk about Allen and Peyton Kirkland. And do you think if Allen did pick Alabama – would that maybe make it more likely Kirkland might pick Miami Saturday? Could that be a domino where one affects the other? Well, it's a position where, you know, you could use 8,000 linemen. It's, a, it's not going to be yeah. like the quarterback position or running back position where you got one guy, you know I mean? And uh, the uh, Allen's a beast. He's six, 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 seven. He's a real large kid. Uh, as you said, he comes from Finland. He's, grew up playing soccer. So he's got skill level like Frankie Tenelu does, you know, playing rugby and all those sports like that. So I think that he's one of those guys and rightfully so Alabama has been at the top. They produce linemen. Uh, they had a first round draft pick last year uh, in Evan Neal at Okeechobee uh, in Florida. Um, I, you know, you take a look who I think that um, uh, the kid, um, Maragoa is a lot like Frankie. Uh, he's a lot like Neil, Evan Neal. Yeah. But he's a kid, too, that, you know, he's really athletic and he comes in here. He's the new breed of lineman. No big belly on him. He's just a big, tall guy who's like an open book. And if you get him with, you know, he's learning technique now, but you get him with, you know, a coach, you know, like Mirabal, I mean, the, the sky is the limit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you right now that he hesitated means that, you know, someone's in his ear. Uh, but I listen, I saw Nick, Nick uh, roll out the red carpet for Brandon Innes, and he ended up going to Ohio State. So right. Brandon Innes and his mom were at Nick's house on the lake. I mean, you know, they were barbecuing in his backyard. So, I mean... Wow. How much of a red carpet can you get? He didn't get him. There's been two or three of them that he's done that for. I mean, Alabama, we're not going to shortchange. They get any basically anybody they want. But I think there's a vibe right now. And I think that where Allen thinks he could be part of this, you know, whatever program he thinks he could be a part of and maybe make an impact within the next two years, I think that's where he'll end up. Okay. What about, uh, what about Peyton Kirkland? Give me your evaluation on Kirkland and we'll end on that. There's a couple more players I wanted to get to, but we'll talk about them next time with blue. Uh, M Miami fans seem very split on whether they want him or not. How do you evaluate him? 
No, I've watched him since the ninth grade. Dr. Phillips guy. I think I relayed this before where I talked to their coach and, uh, you know, uh, coach Wells, who's a really good dude. I mean, you know, he's, he, he's up front with me and he introduced me when the kid was a ninth grader. I went up there for one of their scrimmages during the summer, first couple of practices. And he goes, see that kid right there. Uh, they call him big baby at the time. He's going to be special. He's very athletic. He goes, mark my words. He's going to be a power five kid within the next two years. People are going to look at him. And then you see him now. He, I saw him at a camp this year, a line camp. Um, great feet, um, improving upper body strength. He's very athletic. He's the same guy I saw, uh, you know, when he was in ninth grade, just 55 to 60 pounds heavier, uh, gets in the weight room, not afraid to work harder. And uh, that's what Miami needs. And that's, see, you got to understand too, even though these guys are big time guys, they have to have the work ethic that Mario Cristobal uh, demands. And I'm sure Nick Saban demands it too, but I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and other schools do, but you have to understand that, that, you know, he's been that type of guy. It's like I always used to say about some of these, and Jonathan Vilma pointed this out. He says, when you are so much better than everybody else, you know, all your life, and even in high school, you don't learn proper technique because you could overpower people on the line. And as a defensive uh, linebacker, you could just push at people and they go down. You don't have to wrap up. So to me, that's important because from a technical standpoint, uh, Peyton has done that. He's learned a lot from going to camps. He's works extremely hard, you know, working so much on what he has to learn from an offensive line standpoint and technically, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's where a mirror ball, that's where a, um, a Garen justice, that's what they do. They they're technically sound teachers and that makes all the difference in the world. Cause you can bench all the 450 pounds you want and you can run real well, but if you don't have technique, you're going to get overpowered all the time on the other side of the ball. Yeah, no, that's very well said. Make sure you follow this man on Twitter because he's always covering uh, the top players and doing a great job at it, at Larry Bluestein. Check out his radio show, South Florida High School Sports Show, Mondays on WQAM 560 in Miami. You can get it on the Odyssey app. You can also get our show on the Odyssey app, so make sure you, you realize that. Blue, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for taking the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Love it. And guys, make sure you get more on the ACC. And we'll talk a lot more about media days this week. ACC media days kicking off today. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.